Hello, and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jamar. Today's episode 111, and we'll be interviewing Janice L. How are you doing, Janice? I'm doing great, thank you. So let's get started. Let's talk about growing up for you. Okay. How was your childhood? Uh, it's pretty rough. It was pretty rough. Um, I come from a, a background of, of drugs and alcohol. Uh, my stepdad was a biker and a drug addict, and my mother was an alcoholic. And um, so it's a lot of abuse, physical, sexual, um, mental. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty rough. Uh, so I uh, left that scene at about 11 years old and moved in with my biological father who had some issues also. And I discovered drugs and alcohol shortly after that. At what age did you discover drugs and alcohol? Probably about 13, 13 years old. And by the time I was 15, I was a full-blown drug addict, um, sneaking drugs and alcohol to school, selling them at school and was asked to leave my dad's house. So I became a homeless drug addict at, at about 15. And, um, what kind of, to, what kind of abuse, going back a little bit, what kind of abuse happened? Back into, what do you mean abuse? The childhood? Or, yeah. Um, my mother was very abusive. My stepfather was physically abusive and sexually abusive. Um, and if I told my mom about it, she just told me I was a liar. So it, that was kind of why she shipped me off with my dad at a young age because it, he shipped, she shipped me and my sister both off because he was going after my sister too. So um, it wasn't uncommon to wake up on a Saturday morning and see beer cans everywhere and piles of cocaine and change because they'd be gambling and doing coke all night. And, you know, if his biker friends wanted to come in and do whatever to us, that was okay too with my stepdad. So, um, you know. Sorry to hear that. So... What was life growing up like as far as your social aspect? Did you have friends? No, I was pretty quiet. I don't think I even spoke in elementary school. I don't think I started talking until junior high. And so I was pretty quiet. Yeah, I wasn't really allowed to have friends. I was to come home because my mom had four, four other kids after that that I was to take care of. So I was to come home, take care of them, get them cleaned up. And so... Um, I kind of became, I feel like a, a little, you know, slave, do this, do that all the time. And so you were taking care of all your brothers and sisters or how, how many, was, was it brothers and sisters or all sisters? It was three sisters, three younger sisters and one brother. Um, I took care of the sisters because by the time my brother was born, I was out of there, but I was, I had to change their diapers, feed them, take care of them. So that was kind of my job. And, and I didn't go to school a lot because I did have a lot of uh, marks on me that my mom didn't want to send me to school if I was beat up looking because the teachers would ask. So I missed a lot of school also. When you were taking care of your younger sisters, where was your mom? Why wasn't she doing it? She was out with my dad. They were out at bars and friends' houses and they were slinging white pills and stuff like that doing their thing riding around in this Harley so so they were out getting high yeah yes 
So nobody ever noticed because you didn't go to school when stuff was going on? No, um, I think CPS might have come out once, but we moved a lot also. So they, they came out once and checked everything out and everything checked out good. I don't know what how that how that happened. I mean, how they were able to talk their way out of it. And they were. Did CPS talk to you at all? I honestly don't recall. I, I, I actually, yeah, I think they did talk to me, but I don't really, re I don't recall much, you know, or if I even shared anything with them, I, I don't remember. So the first time you discovered drugs and alcohol, I think you said you were 13. Yeah, that's about when I started using drugs and alcohol. What was the first thing you ever did? I drank a bunch of peppermint schnapps, and, and 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 I got drunk, and then I found um, crystal meth, speed, and I liked that, and I liked the marijuana, and once I touched the the speed, I, I loved that stuff. That's what made me feel right. That's what made my brain slow down and and me calm down and. It just did it for me. It's it's so weird how for some reason stimulants like that and Adderall, which is an amphetamine, uh, slow people's brains down that have ADHD. You, do you are you diagnosed with that? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say most likely you are because it does help our brains. Like that's why I love the Adderall as much as it, it slowed me down, made me focus. Like I was able to, because usually I'll be thinking about five different things while someone's talking to me, but it would help me focus on just the one thing that was the matter at hand. Yeah. Yeah. At what age were you diagnosed with ADHD? Um, probably around 17. That's, I was um, diagnosed with it and given medication for it. I moved in with a family that was very concerned about my welfare and did all those things that a family would do for a child. You know, Why did you move in with a new family? Um, I met this lady and she was in a, a, a she was a, a drug counselor. She had a, an after-school drug program at the junior high. And um, so I started going just to, you know, hang out because I didn't have anything else going on. And she took an interest in me and um, brought me into her, her family, which, you know, was just amazing. Introduced me to um, AA and NA meetings, put me into a rehab, helped me get a job, showed me what a real family looked like and how to do a real family and what and what that looked like. Unfortunately, I wasn't done though. And if I couldn't do what they asked me to do after about a year and a half, they asked me to leave. So you were in AA at the age of 14? Yeah. Yeah, I started going, well, I would say probably um, about 15, when I was a freshman, they invited me to come stay in their home, and I stayed there for like a year and a half, and went to a rehab, and and, and did AA, and, and got a sponsor, and but I just didn't really believe that I really completely had a problem. Um, I just didn't think it was the real, I, I didn't fit in with the meetings. When I sat in those meetings, the old timers told me I spilled more than you drank. And I was like, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I just wasn't done. Bottom line is I wasn't done. 
I wasn't done. And, but I do remember the day that I, I, I came to the realization at 17 years old. I remember um, that day very clearly standing there thinking, oh my God, I am a drug addict. And um, I didn't believe that I was an alcoholic still, but I did know that I had a drug problem and I couldn't stop. And, um, what was the main drug, crystal meth? Yeah, yes. Took me a long time to realize I was an alcoholic. That that's just pretty recent. That I pray about five years ago, I figured out I was an alcoholic also. But um, I knew that I was a drug addict, and I knew it was horrible, and I knew that I'd never wish it on anybody. And um, I wanted to stop, but I couldn't stop. And so I, I got I finished high school, homeless, and decided I was going to have my own family. Met a guy hitchhiking. We had a kid, got married, thought kids will help me stay off of drugs. Well, you know. Did you did you end up living with this guy? How did so what what happened that you got pregnant and all that? How did that yeah, happen? Yeah, I just I met him and and he seemed like a nice guy and we had a lot of the same interest. He liked to do drugs, he liked to drink and you know, mostly just smoke pot. He wasn't a big speed freak. So, you know, this is good. So we, I moved in with him and, and we got married and, and had a kid and I stayed dry for a while, but I was still thinking about drugs, you know? And we drank a little bit because I, again, I wasn't an alcoholic. I was just trying to stay away from the drugs. You know, that was what was taking me down. So had another kid. And I got, I found that just kept finding the drugs. Long story short, I have five kids and none of them kept me sober. You know, none of them were good enough. I met well, but I just couldn't get well, you know, and I'd stay off of the drugs for a year, but I didn't want to do recovery. I didn't think that was for me. You know, I thought I can do this on my own. I can do this on my own until about five years ago when I realized I can't do this on my own. I'm going to lose everything if I don't get sober. So you realized that really, that's amazing that at such a young age, you realized you had a problem. It's kind of hard not to sit into two meetings and hear these things and know that there's a problem. And I, and know that when I wanted to stop, like I really wanted to not do the math, but I couldn't, I loved it. So yeah, I knew there was a problem there, you know. So once you graduated high school, you were still doing the drugs. Did you have a job or anything? I worked here and there. What kind of stuff did you, what'd you do? Phone sales, grocery stores, childcare, fast food, stuff like that. Sales. So you, were, you you did a couple of different things, sounds like you said. So yeah. what goes on with your social life? Did you have any relationships as far as good friends, family, like any other family members, stuff like that? Not really. When I Once I like moved out with, from my mom's house, I was kind of like, I had, I had said too much to, to, people about my childhood like I told this lady that took me in and of course she had CPS out there checking on kids and so my family kind of was like oh you're you know you're you're the truth teller you talk too much you're 
you're a liar. And so they kind of shunned me. So as far as the family went, no, my, my dad and I, I have a good contact with him. Him and I are good. But even to this day, my mother and I don't have much relationship, you know, um, we're at, I'm, I'm in a neutral place with her and that's the best I think it's going to be. You know, I do my, I've done my fourth step on her a few times and, you know, I, I just have to be at a place of neutral with her. There's nothing there to do. So that's where I'm at with that one with my dad and I were, he always was loving to me. He just couldn't watch me do it. He couldn't watch me. No. So you said your senior year of high school, you were homeless. How was it? Tell me about being homeless. I was because I'm that must have been scary. I I've done it, it a couple. I I never did it, but I've thought about it a couple times about how it would feel to be out there with no, just no place to go. That must be the the worst feeling in the world. It is. And luckily I love the outdoors. So, <laughs> you know, that helped. Like I, you know, I did a lot of walking and soul searching at nighttime, you know, but it was scary because I'd have to sleep in empty cars or, or, or unlocked cars, empty houses. If I could find them under cars in parks, in the swings, I mean, the, not the swings, the slides that had the covers, I'd sleep in those. And, you know, if I could find an unlocked car or an old apartment you know I'd go check old apartments apartment complexes and sleep in those or abandoned houses and you know um, take showers at school and you know pick out of the dumpster for food you know at the at the cafeteria you know there'd still be bag stuff it was still in the bag so it wasn't like all grossed out but you know so and that's you know, that's kind of how I rolled. I watched my high school graduation from the rooftop of the apartment complex across the street from my school because there was nobody to go there with me. I went to pick my mom up to take and she to go with me. And she said, no, I changed my mind. And so that's kind of when I realized, you know what, I'm alone in this world. I really am alone. Like you have nobody, Janice, you know? So when, when a man took an interest in me, I jumped on that. I was like, all right, yeah, let's go. I, I, let's go. I had nowhere to go. I was hitchhiking and he picked me up and um, I didn't have anywhere to go and he seemed nice. So uh, he's a lot older than me, so it didn't work out, <laughs> you know? but I did get two beautiful children out of that deal. That's good. There's, you know, I always see the good things in situations. So did you ever have a job? Were you working? I've worked most of my life. Um, you know, I've held it together because of the, uh, the, the kids that I have. I, I, and, and, you know, being a riffraff child and, and us always moving from hotels and living in cars and all that stuff as a child, which was actually a good thing. It made me like, uh, made me, made me responsible financially. So I was always responsible financially. We've always had a roof over our head and, and all that other stuff um, because of the kids. So, um, I, I owned a pet store. I, I, I did a packaging business that I built from the ground up. Uh, I did importing and exporting of live and marine animals. And we set up fish tanks for big places, you know, uh, for hospitals and stores. And, and so I built these companies and then I, I sometimes had three jobs at a time and, um, I would, we off the drugs for a little while, but then I'd get back on them and I'd make all these rules and I'm not going to smoke after three o'clock and I'm never going to stay up all night. And, you know, I, I, I stayed out of the bars and I stayed out of those places. 
But I'll tell you what, the bottom did come crashing out about five years ago when I started, or about six years ago, I started selling drugs um, because I did get rid of the, the businesses I sold or, you know, they just couldn't do it anymore, you know. So I lost everything at that end, at that towards the end. I didn't lose my house, um, but I started selling drugs. So, and that was paying my bills towards the end, you know. Um, and so I got, um, I got arrested. I got married again and that didn't work out. Got arrested for spousal abuse. Had so drugs was, on Hold me. on, hold on. Go back to when you got arrested. What, so you were arrested for dealing drugs? I was arrested. Well, I know I chased my husband at the time because I did get married um, for a couple of years ago, about six years ago, I got married. And anyway, so this guy was just as bad. He was worse than actually worse if I was, you know, we were both drug acts. I'll leave it with that hardcore drug addicts um so i got arrested for beating him up okay i was drunk and i had bags on me of different quantities so that was sales um and i so i went to jail for spousal abuse and possession and sales and And what, what was the result of that that was the result of that was i um I stopped using drugs. I, I heard, I heard that voice inside tell me I, I've been, I had been praying for years to get sober because I do believe in a God and a higher power, you know? Um, and I had been praying for years to, to stop. And, um, I heard that voice say, it's done. I'm giving you what you've been praying for. And, um, it was done. It's, it's done. I've had no desire to touch drugs and alcohol since then. Um, I did, I did have to do a lot of stuff that the courts asked me to do, but when I turned in all my paperwork, you know, all my signatures from the churches, from the courts, from the programs that I did, the anger management, they were more than satisfied and dismissed all charges. So, um, but it took about a year of getting that cleaned up. I was out on a $50,000 bail. How did you beat him up? What, uh, did you use your fists? I used my fist. I told, I, I grabbed him that day and I said, I told you if you ever were to break my heart when we got married or mess with my kids, I was going to beat the living shit out of you. And I'm following through on that. And I, um, I would never be in that position today, but I probably still would have decked him because he had it coming as far as I'm concerned, you know? Um, and I know that's not programmed to talk like that, but, um, it was horrible going through that marriage. He was, what was the re what was the reason? He had taken all of our, I had saved up. I was getting ready to go do my Black Friday shopping. Um, and I'd saved up all my cash for Christmas presents. And he took it to go to the casino. And then I followed him over to his girlfriend's house. That, and um, she came out and she told me, yeah, we're sleeping together. So I just grabbed his shirt and just started punching on him. I said, I told you. And then she goes, I called the cops. And I go, that's fine. I'll stay here. And um, I stayed there and waited for the cops. And um I've forgotten about a couple of bags. I dumped my pockets, but I've forgotten I had other stuff stashed, stashed on me at the time. So they got me for that. But I was hoping that when the cops came there, I could tell them what happened. They could get my money back. I could go back. But the fact is that if there's somebody's going to jail, cops are called. And if there's whoever hits is the one going to jail. And I didn't know all this stuff. But so I went to jail. And I'll tell you, um, I never felt, felt more free in my life going to jail. I felt, felt free. free. I felt complete freedom. I was happy going to jail that night. I wasn't happy that my my daughter had to come and bail me out, but I was happy because I knew it was over. I knew in my heart I was done with this stuff, that it was it was over. 
Um, and and I, I tried a couple times to use and it was icky, it was horrible. And I watched my clock thinking, how long is this gonna last? Um, but I've had no desire to, to touch anything. Um, I've since then even gone as far as to quit vaping. I'm also an um, Overeaters Anonymous. So I've, I'm dealing, I've dealt with my sugar issues. You know, I just feel like I've just gone through one thing at a time and taken care of every single ism that I can think of. You know, I tend Al-Anon sometimes just to deal with other issues so I can be more mindful of, of people around me, you know. So life is really, really good right now. I have three teenage boys at home and we have a really good life together. And I have a, a five-year-old granddaughter and my daughter and I have a really great relationship. My life is really good and it's way better than I could have even dreamed of. So what other types of life experiences did you have throughout the years of drinking and drugging? What do you mean life experiences? Like anything that happened that stands out to you that could be a lesson learned. Was there anything that you, you learned throughout the years that through, through your own, you know, experiences? Well, I'll tell you that last marriage taught me a lot. It taught me a lot and it would be more of life coaching type of, of stuff. It taught me a lot more about, about what was going on with me. Like um, what? what? What did it teach you? It taught me about codependency issues. Okay. It taught me about being a truth teller. It taught me about being an empath. It taught me about narcissist personalities. It taught me to take a really good look at myself and what's going on with me and um, to not let people um, treat me like that, to learn how to advocate for myself, to learn how to say no, to learn self-care. To learn how to like myself is a biggie, you know, to allow anybody to treat anybody like that and be okay with it. Um, I had to go back and deal with a lot of childhood issues, you know, of, of, and in there, why would I allow somebody, why would I chase somebody down the street trying to get love from somebody? Well, because I have fear. I have rejection issues. I have fear, you know, all these things that I've just had to tackle through and, 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 and working the steps also have, have helped me to take, do that spot check inventory um, with what's going on. You know, what's what's triggering me? Why am I feeling this way? You know. So do you work nowadays? Are you working? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I, I work on, I work, um, I'm a federal employee. So I went from a felony to a federal employer employee. So I'm a, I'm a cook for for our um, guys. And the um, armed troops. Yeah. Yes. How's that treating you? I, I love it. It's a nice union job. They take good care of me. You know, it's a respectful environment. Uh, it's very fast paced. Um, but it's a good job. That's good. So when was the last time you used? It's, I haven't touched a drug in five years and I haven't touched any alcohol. I'm coming up in five years on the alcohol. Also in September will be five years off alcohol. Also. So 
one of my last questions for you. Do you have any type of advice for people that are watching and listening? Yes, yes. Um, go to meetings until you um, go to meetings until you don't until you want to go to meetings. Go to meetings when you don't want to go to meetings. Um, find somebody that has a sponsor and ask them to be your sponsor and um, do those steps. Do those steps because the solution. I didn't know how to get us. I if you even asked me what a solution. What's your solution? I would have been like, what? Huh? Um, the, learning how to find solutions in every problem, having a somebody to keep you accountable, um, and how you wake up and what you do first thing in the morning is gonna can really steer your day. I get up and I do morning devos, my devotions, um, you know, spiritual, whatever that be for you. If you feed yourself a good breakfast, you'll have a good day most assuredly um if I, I woke up and I used to my head used to race with all the things I got to do and all the bills I got to pay and all the things I did wrong and I went to bed with the same thing all those things I did wrong if I wake up and I don't even let the world issues get to me and I go straight to my my morning reads and I just bring my and ask my creator to to be with me and I I don't know I put on some classical music because I'm I like that but you know um and I just I just get right and I get it get get with myself first thing in the morning. It's, that's the first and first foremost thing in the morning for me. And I'm humming if I do that. So you go to AA? I go to AA. Yes, I go to AA, a little bit of NA, but I find I, I like AA the best. I feel like it has the for me the most solid recovery. You know, I do book studies. I when I came in first, I did a lot of whatever meetings where I could just go and vomit my mess and hopefully maybe hear a little bit of the message. And now I do book studies because I just it's more on topic for me. But that's where I am in my recovery right now. You know, sometimes I'll go to a, a an anything meeting and you know I think and oh that thank you for reminding me of that. Another really important thing is have a home group have a meeting where people know you and you get to check in and, and give every meeting at least three times times before you decide if it's a good or bad meeting. Um, but having regular people that, that know you and see you is key to my recovery. You know, um, I'm, as soon as I got six months, I was out there being of service. I'm still of service, very much of service. I stay very plugged in. I drank and ate like a hog when it came to drugs and alcohol. And I need to recover the same zeal that I did out there. So what are the things that you like about AA the most? What I, well, I, I, I love the steps. <laughs> you know? Okay. I, I love, I love the steps and, and I love the fellowship. Um, um, I, I love that the paradox of, of giving away is to get. Um, you see a lot of that in AA. I love people that are in AA and recovery. We all have the same goal, you know, and the traditions to to be kind to each other. I love that. I don't get that. I'm I'm a I'm a religious person, but and I get that at church, but I don't get the same understanding that I get in AA. As you know, anywhere else in the world, <laughs> any other group I'm in, you know. So what is it exactly that you like about the steps? I like that they teach me to take responsibility for myself and they teach me how to get out of myself. 
and to be able to categorize what's going on and identify and to figure out what what I'm going to do about what's going on with 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 what I'm with what's going on. What am I going to do? What's the next indicated step? You know, and then taking back to you know, get out of yourself, go do something for somebody. Works every time. You know, take a walk, take a minute. You know, that's why I love the steps because I'm nothing like I was when I came in here to to AA. So what would you say to someone that was interested in deciding between groups? What, what would you say is the main reason that AA might work the best for them? Versus what? You know, NA, oh, whatever, um, whatever else is that. Even against my program, we have our own 10-step program. So what, what do you think makes the AA program stand out? You see a lot more. Um, I tried NA and I, and I go to them every once in a while. Um, I just don't see, I don't see a lot of strong and and I, and I shouldn't really probably even give this opinion I just don't see a lot of solid sobriety um, and I don't see that's not what I want my recovery to look like and maybe I'm looking at it wrong and I haven't given it enough but personally I just find a lot of solid recovery and less cussing in AA <laughs> <laughs> you know probably shouldn't have said that oops but you know um, no your honest opinion is what matters and what counts so that's, I, I feel more at, at home and, and solid recovery in AA more than I do in NA, period. You know? That's good. The reason I like AA, um, I obviously I go by my own steps, but the reason I like AA is because they were the first group to do that ever. They're the first self-help drug orient, or uh, substance abuse oriented group. There's just, that's it. They're the first. Yeah. I've read the big book four times. Good. Yeah, it's a good read. But um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Oh, but no, but thank you for reminding me. Um, there are really good podcasts out there too. Um, Joe and Charlie Comes Alive, The Big Book Comes Alive. If you listen to that, take a walk. You know, if you're not a big, big reader, a lot of us aren't big readers and don't retain very well. The Big Book Comes Alive gives me enough entertainment that when I sit down and read the book I'm like oh yeah I remember those knuckleheads talking about that and it steers me into the book and gives me a more understanding so uh yeah so that's all the advice you have um yeah yeah all right so there's nothing else you want to add right just making sure no no so how do you feel I think it went good Yes, yes. I, I do not feel nervous anymore. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you don't. So for everybody watching and listening, I hope you like and heard, uh, like what you saw and heard. So if you did, go below, give us a like. Also subscribe so you'll see when we upload new videos. You can check us out on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and we're on YouTube. You'll find this video there. So that's all I have for today. And until next time.